back to Talking in the Rain. I am your host, Saira Unju, and today with me I have Rob McAllister, who is one of the two longest standing members of Corleone. 31 years, man, how did they do it? I do not know. <laughs> uh, Rob and I talked about um, Corleone's upcoming show the turning which is actually at the point of release tonight so you should definitely go see it but they also have a couple more shows coming up which rob talks a little bit about at the end of the interview so keep listening to the end for that um we talk about how this show specifically resonates with rob because of his mental health struggles involving him being gay and his involvement with the evangelical church and with that i would like to let you know that we do talk about suicidal ideations religious trauma and homophobia in this episode so if those topics could be triggering for you i totally understand if you want to set this one out i will be back here next episode waiting for you with no triggers <laughs> but i hope you enjoy Thank you so much for joining me again. You will be performing in The Turning on May 11th with Corleone. Can you start us off by telling us what The Turning is and what audiences can expect from it? So The Turning, as you mentioned, is a concert at St. Andrew's Wesley at, uh, at Nelson and uh, Burrard in downtown Vancouver. As you say, it's at May, on May 11th and it's choral performance by Corleone. And we're also hosting the Leonids, which is a nine-member professional group of singers under the direction of our artistic director, Eric Light. And they're sort of our professional headline choir for this concert and subsequent concert two days later at the Chan. And, uh, and they are a group of, as I say, nine people, nine incredible singers that, that are professionals. Their career is, is as singers, and they join us, as they did last year, to perform in this concert. And we also have our ECAP singers, which is our emerging choral artist program singers. And they're a group of, I think, largely younger singers. And they're also joining us for this concert called The Turning. Eric just does an incredible job at bringing focus to our various concerts. Any concert, I think, um, certainly any choral concert, probably any musical concert has a theme. I mean, the theme can be just general, like nature or Christmas or, you know, just something like that. But uh, so Eric Light does an incredible job at programming for these various concerts that Corleone is involved in. And this particular concert on May 11th called The Turning, the uh, focus of this concert is on strength of community, on the healing nature of vulnerability, and the realities of mental health. So those are pretty big, pretty heavy concepts to be dealing with in choral music, but he's gathered together just some really amazing music and amazing musicians to be performing this music. So yeah, that's the, that's the focus of the concert. There's a kind of one of the key pieces is a piece called the watcher of the wood. It's by a, a wonderful 
um, American composer Sarah Rimkus, and she's written uh, the uh, music to The Watcher of the Wood, and the the lyrics or the words of the piece are by her husband, Thomas Lavoie, who himself is dealing with mental health issues, um, specifically PTSD. So he wrote the lyrics and she wrote the music and this is going to be a world premiere of this piece, which is going to be performed by Corleone and the Leonids and the Emerging Choral Artist Program Singers. So it's going to be an absolutely amazing concert and we as singers are really looking forward to it. And I'm hoping the audiences will too. Yeah, that that sounds very exciting. Um, well, the fact that there will be a world premiere at the concert. And you joined Corleone in 1992. You're the longest standing member of the choir. Um, what made you join in the first place? And what has kept you going for, for 31 years? Well, just, just to clarify, there's one other fellow in the choir who was also at that very first concert. So I can't claim sole proprietorship for being the oldest singer in the choir, but I'm almost, there's just two of us that are still hanging on from that first rehearsal in August of 1992 in a little finished church in Burnaby 31 years ago. Wow. But I'd absolutely have enjoyed my time there consistently. It's been such a source of, power and support and basically just love love of music love of each other love of performing and um initially the choir was gathered together by diane loomer who was our founder and our artistic director for pretty much two decades and she was very persuasive and she collected together some singers. I think we started off with 21 singers from different choirs. At the time, she was the assistant conductor of the Vancouver Bach Choir, and I was a singer in that group. And she handpicked a group of people from that choir and some other choirs and said, hey, would you like to join this group? At, the, at that time, we called ourselves a men's choir. So there was already in existence the Electra Women's Choir, which Diane had co-founded and did co-direct with Morna Edmondson. And so Diane decided on her own that she was going to create a men's choir. So she spoke to a few of us and being as persuasive as she was, we all said, sure, of course, we'd love to be there. So we turned up on that August afternoon in Burnaby in 1992 and, and started rehearsing and shortly thereafter started performing and, became a real thing. Nice. And is there a reason why you're still uh, with Corleone after 31 years? Well, for sure. The people are a huge, huge part of it. Choral singing is such an incredibly social thing, which I think is probably why it functions strongly in terms of people going through mental health struggles. But it's just so incredibly entwined with each other. We're just purposely singing in tight harmony, close harmony, every breath, every cutoff, every entrance, every vowel, every word, every every um, note is just the pitch has to be exactly right on. And we work in concert, <laughs> if I can use that word, 
so closely that naturally we become close to each other as friends and co-singers and some I would even consider to be family. So it's just such a, an important tight connection socially, but of course the, the actual performance of the, the rehearsal and the performance of the music is, is in itself just so wonderful and such a incredible journey. Um, we do, I would say three major concerts a year and it seems like an infinity of, of smaller ones. <laughs> so we're always being presented with new music and just that journey that happens, as I say, three times a year of looking at brand new music we've never seen before, learning it, studying it, Eric teaching it to us. We get better and better at it every week. We get deeper into it. It becomes more familiar. And then we come to the point of actually stepping out on stage and performing it. And that journey just happens over and over again. And it's such a transformative journey both in terms of the music itself, bringing a piece just from black dots on white paper into something beautiful and living and, and vital and active, that journey, but then the journey of ourselves as we internalize the music and what the music is speaking about. And as I say, in this concert coming up, the focus is on mental health and mental wellness. Um, that journey in itself is just so powerful and so exciting, just doing it over and over and over again for <laughs> for 31 years. I, I just never get tired of that. That's great. I I hope you get to be in it for as long as you want. It sounds like a great experience for you and yeah. a great community as well. And uh, you mentioned that this performance, The Turning, is... Um, exploring mental health and wellness and using music as a healing force. So if you feel comfortable sharing, could you tell us why this is important for you on a more personal level? Well, as I mentioned, um, Eric does program these concerts with really deep and meaningful music that is very powerful to sing especially singing with your close close friends some of these guys i've known them for 30 years having them right beside you singing the same notes and breathing at the same time and just being so deeply involved in that is it's just a really powerful thing to do both personally and as a choir and hopefully the audience is able to understand and experience that as well but I've gone through my own mental health journey for sure in the last 31 years. Um, I think I was about maybe 19 or 20 when I first encountered the evangelical church. And I was deeply, deeply involved in that church for pretty much 25 years of my life. My whole adult life was, was involved in serving the church. I did absolutely everything from preaching from the pulpit to being a janitor and cleaning the toilets. And I was a deacon and I led small groups and I was just very, very involved with it. And of course, a much bigger part of it was being involved in the music. And I was the director of music at that church and played the piano and played the organ and conducted the choir and sang in the choir and sang in the worship team. And I did just every wedding, every 
baptism, every funeral, every Christmas I'd put on a musical, every Easter I'd put on a musical, I'd get a choir together, teach them the music, conduct it, perform it, and as well play the piano and the organ and lead the worship every single Sunday. And at one point I calculated that I did probably 1,500, maybe even close to 2,000 services over the course of that 25 years of being deeply involved in the church. And then uh, at, at some point during that 25 years of commitment to the church, Corleone started in 1992. And as we already talked about, I did join the choir and absolutely loved it and met many, many dear close friends that are still almost pretty much family to me. And I realized through the course of singing with Corleone that there was a way to be very authentic. And I realized that I was very definitely gay and very definitely eager to explore that and understand that. And in the course of being in Corleone, I met a fellow who was my boyfriend at that time and has now become my incredible, wonderful, supportive partner for 21 years. So um, guys in Corleone were so strong and so confident and so talented and just wonderful people. And many of them were definitely gay and proud of it and out and and very authentic. And I realized that that is the sort of person that I wanted to be. And as my involvement with Corleone progressed, then I realized that my involvement with the church was becoming more and more problematic. And this particular church that I was involved with started to get more and more conservative and more and more right-wing and more intolerant and more bigoted. And I just realized that there was just a significant incompatibility between the two, Corleone and the church. And at one point, I met with the elders of the church to discuss this issue, which I was quite excited about to think, you know, we can have an open discussion about what it means being gay and what it means being involved in the church. But the discussion was very, very quickly not about that. It was about how being gay was completely incompatible with being a Christian and that I did not have a relationship with God and I never had had a relationship with God and that my sin was deep and profound and and pervasive. I was embracing my sin. I was turning my back on God, that there was absolutely no um, reality in the worship that I led and all the music I'd done, as I say, for 25 years in that church was nothing more than entertainment. It was just nothing. It had no value. It was just nice music. So the foundation that I'd built my life on just got pulled away in like a few minutes. And I just realized that what I'd built my life around was gone. It just suddenly meant nothing. And I realized that really there is basically nothing to live for, no reason to keep on going. Everything that I believed in was gone. Everything that I understood about myself was gone. And that suicide was my only recourse. There was just no reason to live, no reason to keep on going. So that was going to be the end of my life right then and there that very evening. And thankfully, I took a moment to call my mom, bless her heart, and my then boyfriend, now a partner, and I wasn't expecting to speak to them. But strangely, they both answered the phone, which was quite out of character for both of them to answer the phone, but they did. 
And of course, they literally talked me off the ledge and convinced me not to go through with this, which I was absolutely on the very verge of doing that, like it was going to happen. So if it wasn't for their intervention, you and I would not be talking today. They pulled me together and I never, ever went, didn't even think of ever going back to that church or any other evangelical church after that. But I stuck with Corleone and just the music and the fellowship of the men, the strength of the community, the discipline of the rehearsals, the power, really the the transformative power of the music itself made such a profound difference to me. And I just really clung to that. It was just a bomb to my soul. It was a, it just was healing. And, and I stuck with it, even though I didn't want to be involved with anything, but I just kept on going. And the people around me were so supportive and so strong and, but at the same time, vulnerable. And I realized that that strength and that vulnerability were both possible and in fact really what i wanted i wanted to be a strong person but i also wanted to be a vulnerable person and i think that's very much what choral singing is about it's certainly very much what corleone is about is being vulnerable and in this concert itself the turning is speaking about that vulnerability and speaking about being open about mental health and mental wellness and at the same time, being strong, finding that strength in the music, finding that strength in the direction of Corleone, finding strength, of course, in the community, and even the interaction with the audience. I, I derive strength from that, too, because it's certainly a two-way street performing. So, yeah, I'm really excited about the mental health journey that I'm on, coming back, as I say, from the very brink of suicide. Still comes back to me. I still have yeah. dreams that are very, very unwelcome, and I'm not. It's clear that that's still a part of who I am, but I'm on that journey, and I'm very, very happy to be part of Corleone. That's a significant part of that journey. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you're still on this journey. And I'm assuming it was more intense at the time than it is right now. Did you seek out any other help besides finding community and healing within music and Corleone? Well, I admit I didn't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's just because I'm stubborn. <laughs> but I would highly, highly encourage anybody that's going through any type of mental health issues, whether it be a suicide ideation or anything similar to that, I would really, really encourage people to seek out professional medical help or avail themselves of the mental health resources that we have available. Um, I would definitely, definitely encourage people to do that. As I say, I did not. Mm -hmm. But then again, this was 20 years ago. Yeah, it wasn't a mental health support was still isn't very accessible. So I can't imagine how inaccessible it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but, but I found my therapy in Corleone. I mean, yeah. none of the people <laughs> were mental health therapists in the choir, but just having people to be beside me on either side of me, holding me up, supporting me asking me how I'm doing. Hey, let's go out for coffee. Hey, do you want to go to a birthday party Friday night? 
you know, see you Wednesday at rehearsal. Hope you have a great week. Then, you know, did you have a good week? How did it go this week? You know, just having people around, having that strength of community, that's what really made a huge, huge difference to me. And I could depend on that because I knew that that next Wednesday it would be the same people there and and I loved them and I cared about them and they apparently loved me and cared about me. So just that continuity was huge. And certainly one of the goals of Corleone, maybe not the stated goals, but one of the things that we have space made for us, we do make the space for people to access and process and express their emotions. And I'm taking those words from from our artistic director, Eric, but they're very, very true that we do have space to access and process and express our emotions through the music that we sing, but also just in the community of the choir. Yeah. So Corleone helped you use music as a healing force along with the community that it brought to you. Before this, when you were involved with the evangelical church, did you also use uh, music for this because uh, you mentioned that you were still involved with music while you were in the church or um, were you uh, more religious and that was kind of difficult to transition out of I guess afterwards well music is such an incredibly powerful force no matter who is involved with it I think I think we we all have an involvement in music to some degree, whether or not we're singers or dancers or just consumers of music. We just listen to music. It's an incredibly powerful, deeply emotional core kind of aspect of all of our lives. So music has always been super important to me. Even as a little kid, I loved music. I was brought up not in the evangelical church, but rather in a more mainstream church. Mm-hmm. And of course, singing is always part of church. And I sang in a choir as a little kid. And my mom played the piano and she played the organ and she ran the choir. And so music was was just always really natural to me. I, I loved it as a little kid and still love it to this very day. That was my, I guess, what took up most of my time while being in the evangelical church. Mm-hmm. And I understand, and this is still confusing to me, to be honest, but I... I understood at the time that, that that music that I was involved in was in a in some sense worship and in some sense a connection to God. Mm-hmm. But then that that devastating interview that I had with the leadership of the church indicating to me that it was not worship and it was not anything to do with God because I'm gay. Mm. Therefore was nothing but empty music when i really think about it i strongly disagree with that for one thing no one gets to tell me or any one of us what our relationship to god is and no one gets to tell us who we are in terms of what makes us happy and what we're good at and what we enjoy that's it's just not something that a church or anybody should be telling us what we can and can't do no, exactly. And are you still religious to this day? I would, I, as I say, I've never yeah. ever darkened the doors of an evangelical <laughs> church again. But I, I have a, a clear understanding of who God is in my own mm-hmm. life and in my own spirit. Yeah. And um, 
we don't go to church on a regular basis, but it's a very familiar place to me for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. For anyone listening who might be where you are 20, 25 years ago, where they know they're queer, but they're scared of being rejected by their religion. Is there anything you would like to tell them? Any advice you might give them? Um, I mean, as I see, it does get better. So. Right. Well, I, I would, I would very definitely, as as we talked about before, I would very definitely encourage people to access mental health resources. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many available. Um, if you feel like you're in a very dark situation, if you're facing things like suicide or substance abuse or addiction or violence or anything really very profound like that, then very definitely need to access mental health resources, but also um, find community. Finding community is just huge. Make sure you surround yourself with people that are like-minded. I mean, if you are queer or of any particular community that you feel comfortable with, then be in that community and find strength with people around you that are in a similar place in their life and be honest with yourself absolutely you need to be honest with yourself do not let other people tell you who you are do not let other people define you tell you the way you should or shouldn't act the way you should or shouldn't think certainly not what your relationship with god is and certainly no person can tell you how you should relate to God. That's a deeply, deeply personal thing. But I would just advise people to do not try and solve this yourself. We are social beings. There's no way around the fact that we're social beings and we're meant to be around people of like mind. Don't be in your own little silo and feel that there's no one that understands you or that or that you have to deal with this struggle yourself. Please, please, please realize that there are people around you even though you may not believe it or may not even be aware of it there's people around you that care about you that are thinking about you that want to know that you're doing well or if you aren't doing well they want to know that too and to be able to to help you out yeah couldn't have said it better myself yeah and so um did it start with the church or did you were you always involved with music well, as I mentioned before, I think music is so profoundly central to everything we do. And it kind of makes me sad these days, the way we tend to kind of silo each other and silo ourselves. We say, oh, he's a singer and she's a dancer and that other person is an artist and that other person is a runner and that other person is something else. And we tend to define each other by what it is we do. And I think that's really unhelpful and kind of sad because I think anyone, I mean, just like anyone could be a runner if if they're physically able, anybody can be an artist, anybody can be a dancer, anybody can be a singer. We may not be objectively great at those (laughs) things and people might not want to pay money to come and see us do those things. But in our own lives, I think we all can be artists and dancers and singers so I think for my whole life I've been a musician and a singer and a pianist and I loved I used to love to compose and arrange and 
it was just a part of who I was. And I think if we're honest, probably all of us have a connection to music and all of us can sing and all of us can dance. And we, we shouldn't say, oh, I'm not a singer. We're, we're all singers. Anybody can belt out Sweet Caroline or YMCA or something in the in the shower when no one's around. You're still a singer. <laughs> I mean, you not everybody is part of a semi-professional choral organization that people pay money to come and watch. But that doesn't mean you're not a singer. Of course, you're a singer. Yeah, it's just just a degree of a degree of commitment, maybe. But but choral singing to me is just so incredibly. Um, healthy and and exciting and invigorating and there's so many choirs out there and it, there's many many articles out there about the health benefits of choral singing and I, I would love people to understand that and to know how valuable singing in a choir is even if it's just a community choir, even if it's just a group of friends getting together, just saying, hey, you know what, I love the music of whoever, BTS or something, let's get together and sing some BTS songs. It's just essentially karaoke without the track. And I think that's that's amazingly healthy. We all know that um, singing is good for you in terms of breathing, in terms of posture, it's really good on a hormonal level, there's been lots of studies. I'm, I'm saying these things because I'm a medical person myself. That's my career was in clinical research. So I'm aware of these things. It's There's many studies that have been done that prove clearly that singing in a choir can increase endorphins, increase dopamine, increase memory, increase happiness and feelings of well-being. The fact that you're part of a community, you're making new friends, you're socially bonding, you're making connections, you're meeting new people, you're broadening your social networks. So there's, on a clinical level, proven conclusively that, that seeing inquires is something that can improve your met, your mental health, which absolutely means an improvement in physical health and of course um, music therapy has been around forever i mean it's clear there's such a thing as even the fact that the field of music therapy exists means that music in itself is therapeutic that that to me just speaks to the power of music and the power of singing in a in a choir yeah did you so you mentioned that you're um a, a medical person <laughs> may i ask for like the timeline um, when you went into your profession versus when you were in Corleone. Sure. Do do they overlap? They must. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. When I when I was in university, I was studying zoology and oh, wow. pharmaceutical sciences, which seems like a strange mixture. But lots <laughs> of things about my life have been strange. So yeah, I was I was actually in university at UBC, and um, that's when after my first couple of years of university, that's when I encountered the evangelical church, um, and that was at age nineteen, uh, which was around nineteen eighty. I don't mind outing myself in terms <laughs> of how old I am because I'm proud of how old I am. So and then, as I say, in around nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty was when I encountered the evangelical church at age 19 or 20 
got super involved with them. But at the same time, I was obviously progressing through my career, which was a little bit random, but I ended up uh, managing clinical drug trials and working in the fields of HIV research, oncology, infectious diseases, that kind of thing. And uh, so I had two things going on. One was my career and one was my commitment to the evangelical church. And then in 1992, when Corleone started, and then that was a third kind of life track that was going on. And then it became clear that the church, evangelical church commitment track was completely incompatible with the Corleone community being gay, um, just loving artistic expression track. They were just not compatible. So they came to a crashing halt when I had that interview with the with the church elders, but in the background always was running my career of, um, of being involved in medical research and exploring new drugs, new therapies, new ways of addressing, which what was at one time the emerging epidemic of HIV and um, also oncology and infectious diseases. That, that was what I did as a profession. I'm, very thankfully retired now, thanks to my wonderful partner. <laughs> I'm able to, to really focus on Corleone. Yeah, that's amazing. When when you were studying zoology and, um, well, I guess after you started working in your profession and when you joined Corleone, did you think that to this day you would be involved with a, a semi-professional um, choir and performing basically... Well, you perform really often, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we sure do. <laughs> Some, a wise person once said a long time ago that Corleone is not a choir, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, nobody nobody in the choir would disagree with that. <laughs> we do have a wonderful concert coming up called Schubertiad, um, which is a concert of German choral music, absolutely wonderful music composed by Schubert. And then The Turning, as we've been discussing, coming up. And then two days after The Turning is a Van Man Choral Summit. So, and then shortly after that, we have another concert called C4, which is an exploration of Canadian choral composers and their, their new compositions. So yeah, just in the next couple of months i don't even think it's a couple of months i think it's less than that we just have many many concerts that's so amazing it's a, it's a it's a super busy choir to be part of but love it yeah if you're gonna, if you're gonna do something then do it wholeheartedly go big or go home exactly but yeah when cordoni started when it was just 21 of us we were just doing it just because it was fun and Diane wanted to explore the male choral repertoire and she gathered together a group of of guys and I say guys because that was the understanding back in those days that's not how we understand we call ourselves a lower voice choir now wonderful diversity of people in the choir now that we embrace and adore but yeah just the understanding that we're going to explore male choral repertoire of which there's a lot and more and more coming out so it was, it was, there was no real, certainly there was no understanding that 30 years later, we would not only be going strong, but getting better and better. Yeah. 
it's it's making me want to join a choir. <laughs> I cannot sing. <laughs> oh, do that! You can't sing. You cannot sing. I'll bet when you're a, at a wedding and when the music comes on and everybody knows the song, I'll bet you belt it out just like anyone else, don't you? That is true. <laughs> so right there, you're part of a choir. Yes. Hell yeah. I'm I, yeah. I'm thinking about it now. Um. But yeah, this this has been wonderful. Unfortunately, we are out of time. I would love to keep talking to you more. Um, but I don't want to keep you uh, for too long. <laughs> yeah, would you like to remind everyone when they can see you in the turning um, with Corleone and the Leonids? Yep. So our so the upcoming concert is called The Turning, Corleone and the Leonids. This is at St. Andrews West United at Nelson and Burrard, so 1022 Nelson Street. The concert is May 11th at 7.30 p.m. And then shortly thereafter, there's the Van Man Summit concert, which is at the Chan Center for the Performing Arts at UBC. And that is two days later on May 13th at 7.30 p.m. And both of those concerts will be absolutely excellent. Yeah, I... It's... I'm not going to be here to to be able to see them, but I wish I was. I hope I hope people go see it for me. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so I think great. they would love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me again. I really appreciate it. Okay. Well, thank you very much for making me feel so relaxed and so comfortable. And it was very enjoyable.